you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Season with Peter Schrager. We are officially in the off-season. This is the off-season, and yet NFL news is everywhere. You know, Friday on Good Morning Football, we announced that Dalvin Cook was officially going to be released by the Minnesota Vikings. Um, And it didn't send shockwaves through fans of the NFL, but I think a lot of people were like pointing to his stats and pointing to four Pro Bowls and four thousand yard seasons the last four years and i saw you know my co-host kyle brant was going big on that and saying you know be careful what you wish for releasing players of that quality and i agree i agree uh delvin cook was set to make a lot of money this year and my big takeaway for a monologue as we enter this uh episode and we're gonna have a very special guest is that i, I don't know what to tell you it doesn't make sense on paper but running backs are just not valued positions anymore and that's a cold hard truth it's something that we've known has been trending this way for a long time, but it has never been more apparent than this offseason, specifically the last 72 hours. Saquon Barkley had a great charity event yesterday. The local New York reporters were smart. They went and they got him on camera talking. And I'm going to quote some of the things he said, and then we're going to go back and kind of do some revisionist history on this whole thing and kind of break it down. Here is what he said via Jordan Renan, who did a great job on ESPN getting not only on camera, but... Uh, 
kind of wedging himself in there to take a charity event to, to really make news, which I appreciate from a reporter standpoint. You're spending your Sunday away from your family to go to whatever event Saquon's having, and you're going to get the most out of this, not just for the charity side of it, but also to kind of create some news and get some information. Here's what Saquon said to Jordan, who is a freehold New Jersey resident, so I respect Jordan through and through. All right, quote, I think they're open to talking. I'm open to talking. I think at the end of the day, if you really break it down and look at it as a whole, there is no rush. There is still time on the table to get to July 17th. July 17th is not tomorrow. It's not in a week. This is how I look at it. Maybe that is the naive way to look at it. I could be completely wrong, but for me, that's how I look at it. I could be completely wrong. Hopefully, I trust in the Giants that we can get something done, end quote. Um, They asked Saquon about the running back market, and here's where I'm going to pick something apart here. He said, they, as in NFL franchises, tagged the top three guys. We didn't even get a chance to hit the open market. They put the cap at $10 And when they have the tag, they have all the leverage. That's the reality, end quote. This use of they, as in like the NFL is colluding against the running back position, I I have to push back on Saquon. This is the market. This is the market. Christian McCaffrey found someone who was willing to pay him $16 million. So San Francisco 49ers. And last year, they agreed to pick up that contract from the Carolina Panthers. They knew going in and they saw him as a $16 million value. Saquon, the Giants, do not view him as a $16 million value. They don't view him as a $14 million value. They don't view him as a $12 million value. And when you say they, it's it's almost acting as if it's someone else's problem. It's just the market. It stinks. Look, it, you look around the world, it, it, housing situation right now. If you have a house in a desirable place right now, it is valued less than it was during peak COVID times. When interest rates were different, when you know it was a different time in in the climate economically, if you work in sports media like I do, uh, there was a nice gravy train there for a couple of years for some of the top guys, whether it be Romo, Aikman, Buck, name it. I, I don't think they're giving out those salaries to those top play-by-play and announcing guys at the moment because sports media has changed and there has been. How about podcasting? And Aaron, you could be on this as my producer. You could listen. They were handing out crazy deals for podcasts to Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and Obama and whoever else. Those deals aren't in the news anymore. Uh, Netflix, overall deals to to whoever or these companies giving like Ryan Murphy and Shonda Rhimes like $400 million deals. Well, the streamers crashed a little bit and it seems like stocks are down and you will not see those deals going. It's just the market and it sucks. And I hate to hear it, but to say they, as in the collective NFL has decided to turn on running backs, it's not the case. Look, you go through this thing and it's one by one. And eventually it's just, this position is not as valued as defensive end or tackle or quarterback and now receiver and tight end. But Josh Jacobs led the league in rushing, got a franchise tag. You know, no one blinked an eye. Uh, David Montgomery was a really good Chicago bear, great player off the field, great in the community. They opted not to re-sign him and roll with Deontay Foreman and Khalil Herbert. Jamal Williams scored, I think, 17 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns from the running back position for the Detroit Lions last year. It's the most since Barry Sanders, or I think he broke Barry's record. Um, The Lions were like, we're good. 
We're going to not only not resign you, we're going to sign Montgomery. We're going to draft the rookie. And then we're going to also get rid of DeAndre Swift, who was traded. Jarek McKinnon was a stud for the Kansas City Chiefs down the stretch. He sat and waited and waited and waited and just signed a deal that I promise you, when Jarek McKinnon was carrying the load at points this year for Kansas City, I didn't think this was the deal he was going to get. I don't think he thought this was the deal he was going to get. The one guy who I think did really well was Miles Sanders, who early on pounced, took an offer from Carolina, goes back to Deuce Staley, and uh, get, get where he's the you know coach of the running backs there. And he's going to make good money, but nothing crazy. And then the Dalvin Cook gets cut. I, you know, I, I, it's the market. It's not they. This is nothing against these guys. It sucks for them. Um, and I hate talking about other people's money like this, but it also is just the harsh reality of it. And Aaron, as a Buffalo Bills fan, I turn to you. It's like, hey, Devin Singletary was a nice player. We're going to go with James Cook and Damian Harris this year. And they didn't draft a running back in the first round. And it's like, this is what the NFL is. When you see the Chiefs being able to roll into the Super Bowl with a three-headed monster at running back and the Eagles, you know, Miles Sanders barely touches the ball in the Super Bowl and it's, you know, Boston Scott and whoever else in the big game against the Giants. Like, I don't know. I don't have to tell you. Like, a lot of times this running back by committee thing might make more sense and it's unfortunate because we love the running back position and it's a big part of fantasy football, but it's not a coincidence that around the league, it doesn't seem like there's these $15 million guys outside of Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And then also Zeke got cut. Mixon yeah, was like point. on the bubble. He might've been cut at, you know, there's all this talk with him. I mean, I think one of our earlier episodes in the off season, we were parsing through the words of the head of player personnel who was like, as of right now, he is on our roster. Yeah. So my message there is the market, and uh, we're going to have a guest on who just had to make a really tough decision. We're going to bring it on. Uh, it's Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, who is the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. I don't want to press him so much on the contract, and I don't want to press him so much on current events, because really my goal with this stuff, and we'll do it, but my goal with this podcast, as you know, Aaron, is let's get to know these guys. Let's talk about philosophy. Let's talk about their stories. And Kwesi's being cool enough um, while they still have mandatory minicamp coming on to pop on and talk about himself. We're going to get to him in one second. Real quick, um, Aaron, do you play golf? I don't. I've, I have... Have you ever picked up a club? I've been to the driving range like once or twice with some friends. Yeah. I had never picked up a club until last year. My wife um, said, you know what? Like your friends all play golf. For my birthday, she bought me golf lessons. I, she got me 10 lessons. It was really generous. Hmm. I went to two of them and I think they expire. Like I just, like I just said... Uh, then my friend, while we were off from Good Morning Football, invited me out um, to play golf. And he was like, I got a spare thing of clubs. Just come and enjoy the day. I went, I had a blast. I hit the ball pretty well. And I was like, you know what? This summer, I'm going to golf. So I went and I got myself some golf clubs, which was probably an irrational thing to do. It was way more expensive than I thought golf clubs would be. But I was like, I'm treating myself. You know, Father's Day is coming up and I'm going to get myself a Father's Day gift. So I went to Paramus, New Jersey to a place... Um, I'm not, look, I'm not getting anything out of this. I'll tell you what it's called. It's a place called PXG, which is like a golf, like warehouse slash fitter of like clubs, but it's supposed to be like the Rolls Royce of clubs. I'm like, I'm going to go and get fitted by the best of the best. And they're going to show me what I need. So I got fitted for all these clubs in Paramus, New Jersey. I Ubered out there and then I took a train back from Secaucus to Penn station. And then from Penn station, took the two train back to Brooklyn. Like I did a the huge, this is like planes, trains and automobiles to get these clubs. But this weekend on Sunday night, my son, who is six years old, uh, we played mini golf together. 
we watched this Canadian Open finals between Nick Taylor and Tommy Fleetwood. And I will tell you, this was one of the most entertaining half hours of sports I have watched, maybe since the Super Bowl. Uh, they go back and forth, four playoff holes, and then from 72 feet away, Taylor nails a putt. He's from Canada. He does it in front of the home crowd. First time someone of Canadian ancestry has won that tournament in 60 years, 72 years. Jim Nance going nuts, there's champagne, all this stuff. And my son looked at me and he's like, that was awesome. And he's like, can we play golf? And I'm like, okay, so this is how kids get hooked on sports, exciting moments. And it was just a really cool moment. Did you happen to see the highlight? Did you watch? Like, I think people were ready, like waiting for 60 minutes of the Tonys and I got sucked into the golf. Yeah, I think it'd be tough if you follow any sports media this weekend, you had to see the highlights. I mean, I follow nothing related to golf and I saw it so many times. So yes, I saw it. It was amazing. I also watched the Tonys. Did you catch the Tonys at all? I, I watched parts. So uh, a friend of mine won a Tony last night, actually. Who's your friend? I watched it all. Alex Newell. Alex Newell, who was in... Some- From Shucked. Shucked. Okay. Yeah. Um, won Best Actor, right? Yeah. Okay. Awesome speech. Speechless throughout. And um, I haven't seen Shucked. You saw Shucked? I actually have not seen it. Great we were, friend. Yeah. Yeah. We Great were in friend. the midst of getting, yeah, we were trying to figure out when to see it. Yeah. yeah we were going to get tickets. Let me tell you something about this shucked. Cause I like the Broadway shows. I see ads for it all over the subways and I'm like, I don't know what this is. Uh, and I'll maybe see it, but like, I'd obviously seen ads for parade and some like it hot and New York, New York and all these different things. And then Shuck did well. And then that Kimberly Akimbo. Kimberly Akimbo also did, did very, very well. well. Um, yeah. I enjoy the Tonys. And I think it was cool to see Aaron Rodgers in the third row with CJ Uzama. Yes. Now, I yeah, think I CJ, saw your tweet about that. <laughs> CJ, I think, produced a play. He's in the theater. Like, he oh, helped, wow. like, fund one of the plays. So Aaron Rodgers was there with him. And oh, interesting. As, to pick up where we were last week with... Um, with Hank Azaria, like Rogers just playing the New York PR playbook to it, like to have the wherewithal to know, like I've got practice tomorrow, but the Tony's is like a very New York thing and like a very respected New York event, like the top of the top are there. Sure enough, there's Rogers on the red carpet. Uh, we're going to get to our guest right now. I know you weren't interested uh, if you're a football hardcore fan and hearing my thoughts on Shucked, but I will promise you this. I thought Anne Juliet got robbed. Okay, that is a, my, my ending of my Tony's take. Uh, let's get to our guest, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values, premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indul- your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, now it's time for our guest, uh, one of the great young minds in the NFL and a very pivotal position as the general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. He's in his second offseason with Minnesota. Very well-respected, very well-liked guy, but we are now at a crossroads for the Vikings franchise, and it's really cool to have on Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Kwesi, what's up, man? Shregs, always good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is so good having you on. Um you know, this podcast is more evergreen, as I always tell my guests. It's not about current events. What I, My hope is that two years down the line, someone listens to this podcast and is like, I got a lot out of that interview and I got a lot of that conversation. Uh, but I would be remiss just to give you an opportunity to speak on what happened in the last 72 hours. Obviously, you guys with... Um, a lot of speculation going into it. You finally did release Dalvin Cook. If you just want to spend a second either on the release or just what Dalvin meant to the Minnesota Vikings. I know you guys had some statements just to kind of tie a bow on on the Dalvin Cook era in Minnesota. Yeah, you know, it's it's a part of the job. These are these are all really tough decisions. You talk about Dalvin Cook, a franchise pillar, um, incredibly productive over his time here. And I'm glad I got to see that up close uh, last year. A guy who wants the ball, wants to help his team win. Um, can do it from all levels of, of, of offensive play. Just a, a talented player. Um, his teammates love him. And again, these are really hard decisions we have to make. But, you know, they give us constraints in the NFL, and you're always trying to build towards that ultimate goal. And sometimes these these decisions are the ones you have to make. And they, they, they get made with a lot of uh, care and thought um, because obviously you're dealing with people, but also just ring of honor type players, which uh, mm-hmm. which Dalvin Cook is. Um, and again, these aren't easy, uh, no, no doubt in my mind, uh, but ultimately, we made the decision and we wish him the best. And, and obviously, we'll always be fans of his here in Minnesota. That's cool. Yeah, you guys were very classy uh, with some of the statements we saw from ownership and from you and from Kevin. And I think, you know, whether or not the the wound is sore right now, like when time will we'll tell how it goes for Dalvin. But at the very least, I think you guys handled it as well as you could publicly. Um, 
Which leads to, I think, your story, because I, I think a lot of people for years had this vision of general manager being a guy who lived in the back of a van and would scout, you know, small schools in southern Texas and then get on the car and then say, OK, in 12 hours, I got to be in eastern Nebraska and do this thing. You have a different path. And I think the I think you're often described as like a money ball guy. But I think that's shortchanging you a little bit. Um, take us through. A, your college experience, and then maybe your postgraduate experience, and then how you ended up working for the 49ers in 2013. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure I, I know how I how this all, all <laughs> happened and got here. But I, I will say that the guy in the van who goes and scouts the small school, that guy's important. That guy's oh, valuable. Yeah, he is. Um, and it's, you know, this job has really evolved over time. You know, we do media, we do contracts, we do you have to oversee an organization, a really, you know, a, a really profitable organization. So I think my skill sets have kind of aided in the new NFL, the new definition of the job uh, versus kind of what it was before. But, you know, going back to my undergraduate experience, you know, it was great. Honestly, I was just a kid in, in South Jersey, immigrant parents, uh, you know, grew up in my, my family's from Ghana, West Africa. So super proud of that and, and how that all impacted my life. But went to Princeton, uh, you know, I thought I was a cool kid and I was going to go study with a bunch of nerds. Uh, turned up, I found out that I was just as nerdy as anybody else there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I, you know, I love my time there. I was actually, I went there just as a student, uh, really loved math and, and economics. That's what I studied. Happened to grow, you know, seven inches my freshman year. And uh, so I went from a- Damn. Did you play ball in high school? Uh, so I actually got cut from the basketball team my sophomore year. Uh, really, really tragic story. I, I, if you want to talk about over Let's go. Let's I will. I will. Right. No, Cherry, <laughs> what is it? Cherry Hill South? What was it called? What was the school? Cherry Hill East. Cherry Hill East Cougars. Uh, shout out okay. to all my people out back there. Love uh, yep. So much love for my time growing up. But yeah, uh, you know, I was a cerebral point guard. I had handles, but I wasn't very quick. I hadn't really grown into, uh, grown into my body just yet. Uh, there were some better players uh, they thought were available, uh, but ultimately... You know, you're never going to agree with those decisions. Everybody's been cut at some point in their life. Uh, and but ultimately, you know, I, I played golf actually in high school. I, I got cut really? from the basketball team, became a, a high school golfer, uh, which was great. You know, you talk about a, a sport that teaches you process. How do you move on from the last bad shot to the next good shot? Uh, really. And that that connected me to my my Wall Street job, because really, when you make decisions, it's all about process. How do you get over that trade that you lost money on? How do you move on to the next <laughs> one and process and things like that? Like a cornerback. Yeah, it's no doubt. No doubt. And so that's really what, what, what led me to, you know, studying at Princeton and and, and majoring economics and, and all that good stuff. Uh, really got interested in behavioral economics and how decision making and, and human emotion really are, interact together, uh, which took me to Wall Street, where I interned on a commodities desk, uh, trading gold and silver the summer after my junior year, got to live in New York, uh, down in Water Street, and yeah. do, do that experience. As you, you know, as we, we talk about New York all the time, my, my favorite place um, on earth. Uh, but you know that that took me there, and then obviously had that career. Went to Stanford, where I wanted to become an econ professor. Uh, you know, I have a passion for teaching. I think, you know, the way I learn is very simple. I, I try and. Every step, try and learn at its core, its foundation, which makes me able to teach it back to other people. I think a lot of times teachers are people who understand things at high levels can't teach because the simple things are just so, you know, so easy for them that they mm -hmm. really don't. Whereas me, I'll go over every single step. And and that's really my, my, my gift as a teacher. And I wanted to teach economics. So I went back, uh, learned and studied. Uh, you know, I wasn't I don't know that I was going to change economics. Uh, and so I, you know, there was a little bit of a competitors still left in me. I still wanted to apply and, and practice my, 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 my knowledge and industry was really interested in sports and, you know, 
wanted to seek out an opportunity. Obviously, the 49ers, it was fortunate. They were happened to be looking for somebody to advance their efforts. Uh, Brian Hampton and Parag Marate, I got connected with them at the MIT Sports Analytics Conference. And cool. the rest is what, is what they say is history. So wait, so you go to Sloan uh, in what, like 2012, 2013? And 2012, 2012. 2012, yeah. and you're just a Stanford graduate student who has a Wall Street career, and you're like, uh, look, I'm doing this, but I want to get into sports. I'm willing to sacrifice everything to give it a shot. I'm, I'm assuming your entry-level pay was not what it was on Wall Street. No, 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 no. I tell, you know, I, so I showed up to that conference wearing my white Stanford polo, yeah. uh, you know, not knowing anything. And what was cool about that conference is you just got to meet a lot of great people. I mean, I got to, I remember go, got to go up to Kiki Vandeway, people yeah. that I had like learned and RC Buford was there. Just a lot of talented people were in one place. And I wasn't there really looking for a job. I was just there to like kind of learn about sports. I had a, I actually had a great conversation with Jacoby. Uh, this is early, you know, Jacoby and Jalen those days. Yeah, and, Dave Jacoby, and, sure. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, and then obviously I met with the 49ers and they said, hey, let's talk when we get back. And and that's what we did. Uh, and obviously, you know, things worked out for, for us in the end. You mentioned you grew seven inches in college. So you come in there not as an athlete, but as a student. So you get into Princeton and then you grow seven inches. I have to think, you know, someone on campus is like, have you considered ball? Like, I, I, if you played no. at least at any level, you, you'd be surprised. You walk around Princeton. Every there's a lot of six three guys walking around. There's a, it's a really <laughs> yeah, a lot a lot of people play sports there. Whether it be water polo, volleyball, whatever it is. And uh, I was friends with all those those people. But yeah, there's a lot of athletic people walking around that campus. So they weren't necessarily looking for me. But I, you know, I showed up to practice that first day in my little Kobe half row. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was the Jadwin Jim. Where yeah, we at? Yeah, Jadwin Jim. You know, I I put put my summer in. Yeah. Uh, you know, all, all those two day workouts with my friends. And, you know, obviously I, I, I was good enough to, you know, play on the JV team and, and do some practicing um, and all that good stuff. And, you know, it was, again, super cool because the 15 year old of me that, you know, that never got off that floor got cut, you know, got to see that dream fulfilled in, in, yeah. in, a, in a small way. And that's something I always take with me. That's awesome. Um, mentors. I feel like if you go to Princeton or you go to Stanford, you've got the leaders in thought and you've got the leaders in you know, leadership, especially let's go to Stanford. When I talk about Stanford football to a lot of people, it's, it's often not, Hey, I learned this from Harbaugh or David Shaw. It's, I was also connected to this guy in Silicon Valley, who, by the way, happens to run a venture capitalism firm and also is a mentor to X, Y, and Z. Like when you get to those institutions of that academic prowess with those alumni bases, did you know at the time, like, I got to make the most out of this and make connections? Or is it one of those things that if you just go there, it's hard to avoid getting connected to the right people? You know, it's it's one of those things that I probably, and I don't really live a life with regrets. If I could have pushed myself a little bit, would have been more, if I could tell any kid that come after me, seek out those relationships. I kind of let them happen by chance. Mm -hmm. I happen to take a class with Daniel Kahneman. I happen to take a class with Burton Malkia, who's become a, a, a great mentor of mine when I was at Princeton. And then at Stanford, um, I was lucky enough to take classes with, you know, a hasty, I know he's, he's a really, he's a big Titan in the analytics world and, and different people like that. Um, it's so fortunate, but I don't know that I sought it out as much as I should have. And if I could go back again, you know, I, I Matt Angelou was at Princeton when I was there. Is that right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, and I, I, I have to you know, I wish I had maybe gotten coffee with her or whatever, something like that. So for, to everybody who comes after me, please make sure you seek out those relationships when you have access to them. Yeah. Um, okay. So you get to the Niners, you're back in the Bay after some time in New York. How did you apply your Wall Street skills and what you did and then try to integrate that into what at the time, I know the Niners are always forward thinking, but also at the time, like football is kind of meat and potatoes as well. Yeah, that, that was probably the, the biggest challenge. You know, I got there after they had won uh, three NFC championships in a row, been to a Super Bowl. I got there right after they had lost the Super Bowl. So 
I, I, I'm not going there thinking I'm helping them. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they, they seem to have it pretty figured out uh, by them. So I really took it as just I'm going to I'm here to learn. I'm going to show them my thought process and how that works. And really, I, I think a lot of times in the analytics world, people are you know, it's almost like a project where you're studying things. And that's good. You want to study things, but you also got to make decisions and decisions have ramifications. They have good things that happen, bad things that happen. You have to be able to quantify them and really understand them before you make a decision. Uh, so that was, I would say, my best value add was really coming from a practical decision-making standpoint and saying, hey, I know this is what the model and the analysis says, but I've I've done that. I've lost a million dollars in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I know how that feels. I know how this feels. I know the, the, the emotional side of it uh, and, and really having to understand to get a whole building together behind your uh, thought process. That's different than just computing something into a code and outputting something that's very different. And so I think that was the thing they appreciated out of me, appreciated about me the most. And then second, I didn't know anything. You know, I'm here because I didn't know anything. Humility. Humility, right? I just, well, it was easy because I actually didn't know anything, right? So I could go into an office and ask, hey, hey, CFO, tell me about the run game. Tell me everything you need to know. Because I'm not insecure about that because I don't think I, I'm supposed to know. And he, and he doesn't mind teaching me because I've helped him with some other thing. And so just so many relationships I've built. And I was just talking to our scouting associates who just got here to start. And I was like, just be curious. If you can do one thing, okay. be curious. Just, just ask questions because I'm telling you, I've sat in rooms with people who have been in the NFL for 20 years who never asked that question. And I'm like, well, I, I know that. And I've only been in the league 10 years because I because I wasn't scared to ask. And I don't I don't I don't think there are dumb questions. So that was really my the best thing that helped me get here. What was your life like in New York City when you were in Wall Street? You said you interned and then you took a job. So you don't have to name the companies or you can, but I see just on the website it says day trader. Like I could be a million things. So yeah. take us through your day to day as a young 23-year-old Quasi. Like because I'll Boy. tell you what, you and I have <laughs> talked about it. I did my 20s in New York. Different deal. I wasn't a Wall Street guy. I was more of a struggling uh, sports writer living with five guys in a loft. But I think we had similar paths, I'm sure, where you work hard, you play hard. No doubt, man. We we st- I had similar paths. Yeah. I live with five, five, and then six guys in a loft. Uh, <laughs> six we, we, guys. Six guys, man. We still have a we still have a text group called Hotness because uh, that's what we because that's what we called our place. I love those guys to death. Those brothers of mine. Where was the place? Water Street? Is that where you live? No, no. Uh, that place was 30th and Madison. Okay, Murray yeah. Hill, heart of it. You're at Bank Cafe every day. Let's go. <laughs> Bank Cafe. We had a little deli, Miss K's Deli downstairs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how clean it was, but we ate there a lot. Uh, no, man, I, I smile so much because that time of my life was just such a blessing. Uh, living in New York City is something that I'll always just be grateful that I got to do all the experiences. You know, you, you go out in New York City on a Friday night with your wallet and your cell phone and anything could happen. It feels yeah. like anything could, happen. anything could happen. But you also meet anyone and everyone from all different backgrounds. And we joke about it like, oh, it was crazy wild times. But Gosh, uh, I'm raising my kid in New York City. Like, oh. I think it's a pretty cool cultural experience. It's it's incredible, man. It's you know, you're you're in your Friday night in New York is very different than your Tuesday afternoon in New York, right? There's yep. different peoples, different vibes. Uh, just again, such a blessing. But you know, connecting that to the work side of it, yeah, we we worked really hard too. Uh, getting the trade is is an education that I I just I'm so fortunate for. I feel like the world has become so dug in on what they think, and for me. I got to go make decisions and be wrong and be right, but also be wrong and have somebody really smart take the other side of my view and have to think about that and being like, hey, I think I'm smart, but this person's really smart and they disagree with me. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it, it, that, that open mindedness that I have comes from pain and loss. It comes from being on the other side of really smart people who were right sometimes and when, when I was wrong and really just not thinking I have the world figured out. 
And, and, and that that just that that blessing that I, I was able to receive in that education is something I, I've taken with me. And I try and give back to other people. I actually have a nonprofit where I try and teach. Really? You know, yeah. Finance to. to What's it called? Uh, donut. Uh, it's, uh, you know, donut. It's a term we used to use on Wall Street. A friend of mine made up where you don't want to. Obviously, a donut's a bad thing. So yeah. I'm trying to teach people to obviously not be a donut. And I do it with some of our players. And I think all this stuff in finance is learnable. It's really applicable to every aspect of your life. And so I'm passionate about giving back to other people. Yeah. You know, you said you went to the Sloan Conference. I'm sorry if I'm fixated on this area of your life, but yeah. so many listeners of this podcast are on the treadmill right now, they're traveling, they're on a plane, and they're flying to another sales convention, or they're working out because they've got to get to the office by seven. And if I only had the opportunity to, and like, we know it's a giant leap, but you made the leap. Was there a morning where you woke up and were like, I just can't do this anymore? Or was this where you were like, I'm a single guy and this is what I want to try to do? Like, what, what was there a turning point or was it just, this is months in the making? Yeah, it was, it was a longer decision. I, I just, and I, as much as I loved Wall Street. I just didn't want not not to be morbid. But I always yeah. think about what what do you want your tombstone to read? Wow. You know how how do you want it to read? And and I didn't want that to be the sole thing that that, that was on there. Not not that it was a bad thing, but just I wanted more uh, in my life. And so you know I think I always wanted to pivot at some point to do something different. And obviously football just came calling. I was really fortunate to go meet everybody at the the Sloan Conference. Uh, but there were a lot of hard days, man. Uh, you know, I think you asked me earlier, going from what I was making to mm. to. I mean, you're talking about making one. I think I did the math. It was like one twentieth of what Is I that made, right? right? I yeah, mean, one twentieth. One twentieth, right? So with no guarantee that there's a huge upside. No guarantee, right? It's crazy. My 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 boss who wrote my recommendation uh, for Stanford, you know, when I got in and I was leaving, he's like, "So you're really going?" Like, you know, I don't think he ever believed me. I would be, as a friend, I would have been asking you the same thing, dude. <laughs> and, you know, obviously it, we're, we're all glad that it worked out here, but there were a lot of days where I was like, what did I do? You know, there's certainly, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was this easy, you know, easy path. I, I went from, you know, money not being a, a big variable in my life to, hey, maybe, hey, what, what's that coupon? What's that? Cut what's that, that back. <laughs> yeah, let me cut Ramen's not terrible for a Tuesday <laughs> night. Yeah. And so, you know, but I'm again, I'm so fortunate to have had that experience and and grown from it. I was I took it as a challenge. How do I how do I humble myself? How do I change my life to to accomplish my goals? And you know, I'm glad I, I did it. I, I said the money ball thing, because I think when you got hired, that was thrown around a lot. And I kind of cringed because I'm like, he's more than that. Obviously, he's had a decade of experience in the NFL. He obviously scouts players like um, they go from Trent Balky to John Lynch. There's also new leadership. How do you kind of integrate yourself into a new GM and try to sell yourself again and say, here's what I bring. Here's the value. I know Lynch is one of the greatest, but like, that's a thing also, the new boss in town. hundred percent. I got to give a lot of credit to JL. JL is one of the most open-minded collaborative people I've ever met. Um, and so a lot of that was just him wanting a lot of smart people in the room. And he's like, Hey, if this guy's smart, I want to, I want to use him." And so honestly, randomly, I had met JL my second week on the job. He was doing TV, a preseason game, and yep. they had asked me to go spot. You know what spotting is? Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't know what it was. So you were the spotter, like, Hey, the, the third lineman on a spotter for the listeners at home. It's basically, you're helping the broadcast crew when they don't know all the players you're pointing out who it is and you're handing information and notes. So in a preseason game, when there's 75 guys out there, you're the one who's kind of helping out the broadcaster saying, and usually these guys are volunteers, but you were doing it as an employee of the team? Right. So they, they asked me to do it and I get there and JL and Burkhardt are there and they're, and I'm, and I'm honest, I'm like, Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And they're just, and they, they called somebody right away. JL's like, Hey man, I love you, but we're going to go with somebody else. And so I, I love, so the first day on the, on the job, we kind of rehashed and laughed about that story. I love that. Uh, but, uh, 
Yeah. So I met JL and obviously I had done a lot of research to help with the hiring process and just talking about the great organizations, what they have, and they have alignment and people with no ego and, and collaborative and different things like that. And JL was the living, you know, breathing embodiment of that. Um, and I had written this document for the 49ers that talked about all these things and he read it. And there was a quote on there by a family friend of his talk about life being just mm. this is random connection. And he's like, Hey, who wrote this? Who, you know, and it was a trader. It was a, it's a trader that I, you know, one of my trading, you know, people that I looked up to when I was in that industry. So you who's that about, trader? I love getting the credit here and the names. Paul Tudor Jones. Uh, he's okay. one of the best, best there is. Uh, and I read about him in a book called Market Wizards. And that was actually when I started to change my mind frame in trading and really started to understand what that business was. And so to have that quote be a, a thing that me and him were able to connect on, it's just, you talk about life being just this fortunate circle. I'm just so happy that we had that relationship. All right, not to pinpoint what you did for the 49ers, but before we move on to your next stage in your career, let's just say the Niners, we know, so smart with compensatory picks, always loading up with things that you wouldn't expect. Also great on day three. So I'm just going to say a name and just hypothetically tell me, like, when this pick was made, like your role in the process or what your input, like George Kittle's a fifth round pick and you were there. So what's Kwesi do to help contribute to a George Kittle selection? So that was the first year they got there. So I wasn't as involved in draft meetings okay. as I was, but I did things, I did models. So a lot of models that would take information like their on-field production or their combine and kind of give a number that says, hey, this is pretty good. This is actually better than everybody's talked about. So they had all my model grades and our models liked him a little bit better than the consensus. But I, I said this at my opening press conference. I, I didn't I didn't say George Kittle would be the you know one of the best tight ends that yeah. would play this game. I, I'm not gonna sit here and try and take that credit, but on the margins, it did like him a little bit better than you know some other sources did. Sure. All right. So you have this great success with San Francisco, you know, all the way to a Super Bowl. Then you go to Cleveland. You join Andrew Barry in Cleveland, another Ivy League guy from a different school, of course. He's a Harvard man. Um, how do you make that jump to Cleveland and why did you make that jump? That's a blessing. You know, I met Andrew in an elevator bank at the Combine. Um, Damn, decided, really? Yeah, completely random. And I had heard about him, and I, I guess in hindsight, he had maybe heard a couple things about me. But, you know, we just started a relationship, had dinner. You, you got to network. You got to meet people. You never know uh, when their opportunity would come. And I had dinner with him, and in about five minutes, I was like, oh, this guy's going to be a GM. You know, it's if you met Andrew Barrett before, you would know no, that. He's brilliant. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant kid, just down to earth, great human, uh, great family. Just And so... You know, that relationship started. And look, you've seen what was in that San Francisco building. There, I, there was a logjam of really talented people. Let's go through the names because Rand Carthon's now a GM with Tennessee. John Lynch. Parag is now going to own Leeds, I think. Um, <laughs> I think that's about happening. Uh, yeah. Yourself. Who else we got? Like, who are the other names? Brian Hampton, really well regarded. Brian Hampton. Ethan Waz, now assistant GM in Jacksonville. Adam, Adam Peters. Peters. Adam Peters is a stud. So you're just talking about a lot of people. And look, I, I wanted that next step in my career. I wanted to grow. There's certain rooms and conversations I wanted to see and be a part of. And sometimes you have to leave in your career to go take that opportunity. But that doesn't mean there's not a ton of love and respect and admiration for the people I worked with in San Francisco. So you go to Cleveland and then the Minnesota GM job opens up. You interviewed for Chicago as well, I want to say? Yes, I did. Um, How do you prep for a general manager position in those interviews? And Minnesota specifically, what did you hone in on and really try to get that job? Because it's one of the obviously crown jewel franchises in the NFL. You know, for a GM job, it's really you have great mentors that help you. So Andrew Barry was one of my my, you know, my best sources. I, I, I joke with him. I, I think I owed him a commission for just for getting all the preparation. You know, really, when I first got there, he said, Quace, you're going to be a GM one day. And I wasn't even sure at that point that I should be a VP of ops, <laughs> you, you know, and he was pushing me. Hey, 
if you're making decisions, what would you do? What would you do? And so really, I had a book and a, a really a, an approach and a thought process built over two years. So I was ready when I got to those positions because of him. And then people like Charlie Casterly, who, you know, is really helpful. He reached out to me, somebody I just texted him with the other day, just kind of taught me about, you know, how things go, how different buildings, the history of the game and all different things. You really just want to get ready, get prepared with their roster. But they have to leave that in from that interview knowing who you are. Who is Quasi? What are the four things that we're going to get with Quasi? And honestly, that's just genuine. That's got to come from who you are. That, that can't that can't be fake. I can't try and be Andrew Barry or John Lynch. I got to be the genuine to myself. You know, I'll never forget the first banking interview I had in college. I got to the final round and I got nervous. I was like, well, I got to try and act like what yeah. I think an investment banker is going to be like. And I sure. didn't get the job. I got to get the job. It's the only interview, at least in that cycle, that I didn't get the job when I got to the final round. And I told myself... If you're going to go out, just be you. Yeah. If that's not good enough, that's okay. But just be yourself. And, and I took that and obviously was that in, in the interview process. And look, I'm a little different. You know, I'm going to say words in, 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 a, in a football interview that other people aren't going to say, but yep. I'm going to say, I'm going to be myself, be my authentic self. And, and ultimately that took me where I wanted to go. But the Minnesota interview, what I was so impressed with their process was a lot of it was about leadership leadership and culture. I think a lot of times people, like you said earlier, try and make the GM job head scout. And, and that is a portion of the job. But a lot of the job is leadership, setting up process, building culture, vision, all those things. And Minnesota immediately impressed me with how they, they sought out those things. So it was just a match. And I know they tell the story of how I came skipping down the stairs from my, my office uh, to my wife. Uh, but it really was. I was so invigorated by by that because those are the things that I had prepared for. That's what I think is important in the job. Look, I'm going to hire smarter analytics people than me. I'm going to hire better scouts than me. That's the point. I've got to just know enough to be dangerous to be able to manage them, lead, and combine all the information to make decisions. And I think coming from Minnesota's interview process, I was I was sure that that's what they were looking for. And then to your point, the ownership group, I mean, the Wolves are just, they're, they're incredible people. Uh, I think it's, not to cut you off, I think it's the best facility in the NFL. I will say no that. No question. I think the NFLPA survey said a lot when you have A-plus across the board for the way people are treated. And the Will family, they're, they're relatively new owners. I'd say the last 20 years, obviously, they took over and you get that new stadium thing. Like, players love playing there too. So you've got a nice advantage in your back corner where there's like a lot of positive things going on before you even step into the job. No question. And no, no question. And look, at these jobs are so rare though. So it's not like I was sitting there saying, you know, let me, let me hold out for the crown jewel type of Minnesota, but you know, good fortune had it that they liked what I was putting down. And I obviously loved uh, the organization that I came to. All right. So you get there last year, you guys win 13 games. You win, I think 11 games, like in the, by one score. Like I, I would have to imagine that ex- maybe you didn't, maybe you were like, we're going to win Super Bowl in year one, but that's at the bar pretty high for year two and beyond. What was year one like with Kevin O'Connell? That, that was incredible. You know, I, I can't believe we've gotten this far without talking about KO, but uh, you know, he, he's just my, he's my partner in crime. Did you guys have a good relationship in San Fran? We met, we, we had lunches together because he's just such a great guy. And we, I he's remember- He's the man, but I, he was a chip, right? It was Chip he and was Ryan chip. Day and Kevin O'Connell. They had all these young guys, yeah. And he had this weird title, like special projects or something <laughs> like that. So we joke, I was the R&D analyst and he was special projects and now we're head coach and GM together. Uh, but we had lunch together a, a few times. And I remember, again, I, like I said, I pick people's brain when I, when I get to talk to them. So I ask him about quarterback play. And so when the Wills asked me about him after my first interview, 
I was like, oh, you know, I haven't stayed in touch with him, but he used to tell me the smartest thing about quarterbacks. And I, and I just kind of left, could not think of yeah. anything of it, you know. And and obviously then I, I get to the, the GM job and I know that they they think they're in high regard with him. And I, I watch the interview and I start doing my reference work. And I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a home run, A-plus a guy. And I think we can win championships together. I just got to do my part of the, the equation and, and, and handle the business. But, you know, last year was incredible, you know, and obviously it set a high bar. And you don't know, you, you can't, when people say exceed expectations in the NFL, there's just, the, the margins are so thin, so thin, right? You know. And so I think you can generally say, hey, I think we're a playoff team or we're a team that should be final four good or, or maybe bottom third good. But you don't really know specifically, as you said, 13 or 11 one score games, four of them go differently. The record's different. I understand that. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't, uh, but you can set yourself to, up to succeed with a team that you think should be a playoff team. And we did. We thought we had a good team with the culture we were building, the veteran leadership that we had. Um, we were really, and, and ultimately that's what I think carried the day in those 11-1 score games, right? Sure. The veteran leadership. And this year we're taking the bet that those young players that were on the roster that saw those games, now, hey, this is the standard. This is how the Minnesota Vikings show up and, and, and show out. And so that's what we're, we're, we're thinking that'll carry us this year. It's, it's an interesting second season because you have the benefit of the doubt now after year one, but there are some popular guys. I think Adam Thielen's a beloved guy. Dalvin Cook was a beloved guy. You see their jerseys in the stands, but you made tough decisions. When you make those tough decisions and then you, do you read the fan responses? Do you Are you one of those guys that doesn't read? Like uh, I would I, imagine a lot of fans are not thrilled when you let go of v- longtime veterans who had great seasons last year with the Vikings. I got to stop you. I don't know that you get benefit of the doubt in this business. I That's think true. it's a, it's a really urgent business. The second that season ended, I, I went back to, you know, not make, not knowing what I'm doing. And, and mm-hmm. that's, I, I respect that. That's, that is the job. Um, I'm one of those GMs who doesn't read it. Uh, pretty private person. So one of the, per, one of the hardest parts about this job for me is that, you know, I, I, people say my name or anything like that. That's really hard for me. And so the way I kind of stay out of that is to just kind of not watch it. I tell my friends, please don't send me anything. And it's good or bad. It's nothing to do with that. It's just, you know, I just want to stay focused because I'm really hard on myself. I I don't know that any commenter on Reddit or Twitter or announcer could be any harder on himself than myself. Uh, And so trust me, if if there's stuff going wrong in this building, I'm the one who's who's driving that uh, and and driving us trying to get better. And so, yeah, but those are hard decisions. I can't sit here and tell you I know for certain, right? Decision-making under uncertainty is because you don't know. Uh, But you have to have a good process, make your bets, and, and ultimately live with the consequences. And that's what we do in this building. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Ooh. 
<sighs> Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Really quick, a couple quick hitters and then we'll let you go because this has been really informative and we've gotten to know you at a different level than just transaction XYZ. Here's how it was done. Um, your greatest mentor of your career, who you would point to and say, this is the person I, I take leadership lessons from would be who? Oof. Oh man, come on. It's like naming my top five rappers, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hurt somebody if I leave them out. Yeah. I got to name one. Name two or three. Let me hear the names. I love this stuff. All right. Okay. I'm going to go Andrew Barry. Obviously okay. I think he's a superhuman. Uh, I don't, I don't sometimes don't know if there's anybody more qualified to do this job than him. Uh, John Lynch, just the genuineness with which he conducts business open-minded. It's like all the stuff I talk about, just really a, a hero of mine. And then if I can give you like an off one, yeah. You know, outside of football, my mom, uh, my hero, you know, I think she's an incredible person. She taught me how to lead her way. Um, her way was demanding process. She always demanded that I tried hard. It was never about what happened at the end of the result. It was, hey, well, what did you put into it? Can you get better next time? Uh, her emotional, just compassion for people. And that's how I try and lead. I, I need people to know that I care about them a lot. And that's something that's big with Kevin. So I, I, I'd be remiss to not mention her as well. I love it. The unsung member of the Minnesota Vikings roster that people might not talk enough about that you guys look at and you're like, that guy's a core pillar to what we're doing. Josh Metellus. Josh Metellus. I think he's a guy. Go yeah, on, he, talk. Because I, I hear that name. I'm like, I don't see, I, you know, okay, yeah, go. Yeah, he's a safety and, and he'll, he'll play some more this year. So I think you'll see the stuff that we've seen uh, before that. But he was a special teams, just stalwart last year, uh, team captain type. You know, I was in the team meeting room when later in the season after somebody got hurt, he was given team captain. And you could feel when somebody's teammates really love them, really appreciate them, and really want to follow them into battle. And he's one of those guys. Uh, he's somebody, he's everything that the Minnesota Vikings are about. Um, and, and I think the, the the fans and people are going to really appreciate that more this season. Kirk Cousins' best quality is what? Um, he can make every throw. His arm talent, he's in, he's accurate. He can hit every level throw. Um, the decision-making is is really solid. The game of football is you, you hold that ball, that beautiful 
football that means everything. And you got to make sure that you take care of it. You don't give it to the other team and you take chances when it's time. Uh, and obviously he would tell you, you could always improve, but that's one of the best things he does is make sure that he gives us a chance to win every Sunday, which he has done uh, time and time again in his career. Your top three rappers are whom? Who? Well, I, okay. I came up in that era. Uh, okay. Notorious. Notorious. Uh, yep. That's my guy. Uh, you know, I'm an East Coast guy and, and just loved him. Everything about him, his flow. See, I would think Philly. I would immediately go to these Philly rappers, but you're a South Jersey guy. Yeah, but you still... I'm a South Jersey guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about all time, right? Yeah, this all is time. all time. All time. All time. I got to go him. Um, you know, I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. Yep. Uh, just, you know, his style, his, his charisma, his lyrics his ability to talk about things just in different ways. And then you talk about what he's become as a mogul, uh, different areas of his life, uh, just an incredible. And I don't know that I'm allowed to say this, this person anymore, just because of how it's become, but I was a, I was a big Kanye fan. I think his music is still genius. (laughs) He's a genius, right? I think he's an unbelievable creative, uh, you know, just somebody I've always been impressed with. I think what, what something I love about musicians is their ability to elicit feelings, listen, you know, create feelings for other people. And he's somebody just I I can think back to very vivid memories in my life, happy, sad, elated, joy, whatever it is. And there's a Kanye song that kind of will, will play in the background to it. Uh, and then my last one, your message to Vikings fans about this 2023 team and what you guys hope to do moving forward. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's un, a little bit of unknowns, right? You, you've moved on from some of the players that you've come to know and love, and we've got to take a chance together to really appreciate and embrace these young players. But, you know, they've been on this team. They're, they're learning this culture. We're really excited about what we are. We're younger, you know, we're fast, we're hungry. We've got two great coaches on both sides of the ball. Kevin, obviously, Wes Phillips is the offensive coordinator, Brian Flores, who, you know, we have, the man. we haven't talked about, but he's, he's, he's a special cat. And so I think people are going to love what they see. Um, and we're, we're building towards something great. I, I just, just know that they know that, our goal is to win at the highest level. And that's how I'm going to measure myself over these these years that they give me a chance. And, uh, you know, that's what we're trying to aspire to. And every move that we make is with that in mind. Uh, we didn't even mention Justin Jefferson's name. We didn't mention uh, Hawkinson's name. Like there's so many guys we can go through here. But real quick, the first round pick, Addison, who we haven't seen in an NFL field yet. You scouted him, obviously. I love I love him coming out. It's like, we're going to draft you. We're going to get paid. And you're like, GM. You're like, well, we're going we're gonna to pay you what you're paid. But yes, maybe yeah, in second yeah, contract. Um, yeah. What do we get out of Jordan Addison so far since he's been around just in rookie camp and whatever else? And it's so funny that that was the interaction people saw. <laughs> he, is, he is so quiet. Quiet, uh, works his butt off, uh, super cerebral, studies his plays. I love it because I feel like it was a natural thing to say. He didn't mean like financially we're going to get no, paid. It's just like a thing no. you say. I, I say to everybody, if, if they've just achieved their childhood dream, what comes out of their mouth might not be what they think comes out of their <laughs> mouth. And so, but no, he's incredible. You talk about an elite separator off the line of scrimmage. He just, he just understands body feel leverage, how to separate, uh, get open from guys, really good hands. Uh, good after the catch. Uh, we're really excited to have him, and we're going to make teams think about what they want to do with, to us on the offensive side of the football with that alien, Justin at Jefferson oh and then gosh. TJ and then Jordan and then KJ and then the run game we're going to get going. It's just we got we got a lot of options that we can we can stress defenses and we're really excited about what we're going to be doing on that side of the ball. You got things to do. I appreciate you so much for taking the time. And, and in another interview, we'll talk about the backdoor pass and what it means to Princeton basketball and why oh, you have man. to execute it and why Pete Carmody was just as good as Pete Carmody. No, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> it Pete Carmody or Bill Carmody? What was his name? Bill Carmody. Bill, Bill Carmody. Carmody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I loved Princeton basketball. And Quasi, I loved our time together. Dude, thank you so much for taking all this time, especially where there's mandatory mini camps and you're not sitting on the beach. We really appreciate it. Shrek, it's always a pleasure, man. Quasi's unbelievable. I, I just think he's... 
really authentic and he is who he is and he's made really tough decisions. And Aaron, you're listening to him. I, I kind of, I didn't mean to dismiss the other types of GMs who are lifetime scouts, but like his background is not a linear, hey, you do this, you work in an organization for 15 years as the VP of personnel, you scout the Southeast region, you scout the Southwest region, you eventually go to college and do, I, I don't know, what'd you think? You find him really oh, impressive? I loved him. I mean, I love anyone who's in a high position who's also like, I I am not like worried about what I don't know. I will go and ask someone. I'm not going to be self-conscious about saying, I don't get the run scheme. Tell me about the run game and learning from those people who know it and then like making decisions with that. So I love, I love his whole vibe. I was texting my Vikings friends throughout. I was like, we've got, this guy's amazing. You guys should be very happy. I'll tell you though, it's funny because there's a humility in there and he could be arrogant. He could be a know-it-all. He could come off that way because when you start mentioning Princeton and Stanford and the word analytics in the NFL, people are very quickly turned off and say, oh, here we go. Here comes the nerd in the room or the know-it-all in the room. But his humility is so disarming that he says, I, I just want to learn and I want to be the best I can be and help others. And it's almost like that approach to it. How could you do anything but root for that guy? Yeah. I, you know, he was great about talking about how difficult some of the roster decisions are, but he seemed so thoughtful about it too. I don't know. I, not to just like kiss up to him, but I thought he was great. No, I know. Yeah. Very quick transition, yet one of the most startling left turns we can do from talking football with Kwesi Adolfo Mensa to something you told uh, Jason English and I, um, Jason, of course, our iHeart partner here, uh, we were in between transitions and you were talking about the Tonys and you said that you have a love for theater as well. Mm -hmm. And in passing, I said, you know, Leah Michelle, she performed, but she wasn't nominated and you went through the rules that she wasn't eligible because she didn't originate the role. And then you mentioned that you knew some of the people because... So Alex Newell, who won last night, I know Alex because the two of us auditioned together for Glee. And <laughs> Go on, I love this stuff. I've known you for a year. I, how yeah. do I know you tried out for Glee? <laughs> uh, it was, you know, a different iteration of my life, but um, specifically for the Glee project, which was like the feeding program into Glee. Okay. And... I I was living in Houston at the time. I think sent in like a video audition. How old? High school, college? No, 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 no. This was post college. I was post college. Like I'm gonna try out for the show Glee or the Glee project. Early twenties. Okay. Early twenties. Yeah. Uh, I remember like texting some of my friends, and I was like, "Could I pass as like a high school student?" And they're like, yeah. "Yes. <laughs> like you could pass as a high school student now. Like you know." So auditioned, made it through however many rounds, and they flew us out to LA. And one of the what? first people I met was Alex. And like immediately hit it off with Alex, um, was blown away by how incredible Alex's voice was. Like from, this is, I don't know, how many years ago? Absolutely incredible. I think Alex was coming from high school. Okay, um, and Alex goes on to get casted in Glee. You do not. And then yes, now Alex yes. wins best lead in a musical for the role in Shucked. Yes, Shucked. Are you close enough with Alex where you would text Alex this morning and be like, congrats? No, not texting this morning. <laughs> not texting this morning. But like, you know, we've seen each other in New York and I've seen Alex perform other shows. But yeah, I'm not I'm not like, last night I'm not running to my phone to text Alex kind yeah. of thing. Um, but yeah, no, Alex is absolutely incredible. I mean, there are probably like, five or six vocalists that I've worked with in my life where I'm like, 
I sing and I don't understand what you're doing. Who are the other vocalists? Give me, I just put on Kwesi on the, and he gave me, I'm not going to say stock answers, but you couldn't yeah, go wrong yeah. saying Biggie, Jay-Z and Kanye. Um, first, the ones that you've seen in person and then your greatest vocalist in the history. Do you go Mariah, okay. Celine? Do you go Luther Vandross, male, woman? You go anywhere you want. Let's yeah, start with yeah. ones that you have seen in person. Seen and worked with, Alex is probably number one. There's an okay. opera singer I worked with in Houston named Kenneth Gale, who performed here at Carnegie Hall maybe two or three months ago. I went and got to see Ken perform. Ken is like just the most powerful voice that... Long story to this, but the short version is I was once on a yacht, like in the <laughs> middle of the ocean as Ken is performing Nessun Dorma and like on the deck of the boat. And it's amazing. And then what? probably, yeah, yeah, it was, Jason, it's too long listening? of a start. Yeah. Um, and then I would say probably the third vocalist, um, there's a singer in Houston, Sarah Golden, who was on The Voice okay. and now... Uh, she she does performances for like the Astros, like doing national anthem and stuff. Okay. Um, and Sarah just plays the guitar, and I, I wrote some songs and sang with her a bunch when we were in Houston. Nice. And Sarah's voice just is uh, outstanding. And then I have another friend from Houston, Trisha Fox, who the two of us sang together, and like we, her voice is so different from mine, and yet the two of us sounded like we were siblings, like our voices blended so well. Cool. There's, there's a long thing. So, and then the- No, I love this. Singers that I would say, like their voices are the ones I'm always impressed with. Tori Kelly, like for the modern really? vocalist. I she love Tori her, Kelly in the Sing movies. She's yes, got yeah. a beautiful voice in those films. There's a video of her on YouTube performing PYT by Michael Jackson. And she has this vocal lick. Tor I want to say Tori was one of the original Scooter Braun finds too, right? Like didn't Scooter yes. find Tori yes. and help bring her to fame? Okay. On YouTube. And she's just like sitting there like playing guitar and singing. And and I've worked with other people who've worked with her. I, I think her voice is unbelievable. There's a another current one. Um, her name's N-A-O. I think it's now. I don't know the actual pronunciation. Her voice does like these octave jumps that are oh, incredible. Um, and then I, like I have to go with like Nina Simone is yeah. her voice is if I could only listen to one thing and it was her voice, I would be completely happy. It's just, it's amazing. Those are not stock answers. You could have very easily said Mariah, Whitney, Celine Dion, and, you know, here we go. I'm going to go Barry Manilow, Luther Vandross, whoever, you know, you want to go. Um, I appreciate those answers. I This is the most cultured podcast that we've ever done. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Because uh, I'm a geek for it. I, look, I always say this. And my wife and I, we try to do it as often as possible. We live in New York City. When you choose to live in New York City, if you don't take advantage of the arts, if you don't take advantage of the restaurants, you're not getting the biggest bang for your buck. And you could say New York is dead. You could say that, you know, it's time to move out and go set up shop in Austin or Malibu or whatever these people want to do. Um, but there might be no cooler night out than A, going to see a Broadway show and getting a great meal, or B, going to like, a small club north of 100th Street and seeing a musician grind it out. And whether that be Lady Gaga when she was getting started or whether that be, uh, you name it, a, a young musician, like that's pretty cool stuff. Have you ever heard of the Potash Twins? I'm going to throw you for a loop here. The Potash Twins. Uh, you mentioned them last week. At Do you know the, them? At, 
I didn't know them. So I looked them up after that. I, I like, yeah, didn't know them beforehand. I'm really rooting for them. They are two twin brothers. They're 29 years old. They're from Omaha, Nebraska. They play trombone and trumpet. And I got to know with the charity thing last week for Big Slick, they couldn't be greater young men. And like, they're really good. And I went on YouTube and on Spotify and it's all originals and that's cool. But what they did at the Big Slick was they played Benny and the Jets and like dueling instruments. And it was amazing. And they said that they work with all these hip hop artists and like, whether it be T-Pain or whether it be Drake, like they've been featured on their stuff, but I don't know. I think that's really cool. Like a young musician who plays trumpet and trombone performing with Drake sounds like it's pretty badass, and that's very New York. Yeah, yeah. And one of the great things too, like obviously not everyone can afford to go see a Broadway show. There's so many off-Broadway shows, or you can like go see Broadway performers at um, 54 Below. Like I've seen... Broadway stars do these small, like cabaret yeah. style performances, which is uh, like another the way. Cherry Lane Theater. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Melissa Etheridge and I have become friendly because of her Chiefs fandom. And she shows up on the Tonys last night, like presenting. And I'm like, geez, Melissa. So I direct messaged her. I'm like, so great seeing you. She's got a Broadway show called, I think, My Window or Come to My Window coming out in September. And it's based on all her her book, her song, her soundtracks, all that stuff. And it was off-Broadway. And I'm like, that's how it goes. Like, do good enough off-Broadway? Do well enough? It's going to be a Broadway show. And I'm hoping for her because she's one of the coolest people I've ever met uh, as far as celebrities go. Um, I'm really hoping it's a success. Uh there was another thing I want to say, like that Goodnight Oscar that Sean Hayes did, like that started in Chicago and then it was off Broadway here. Then it was not like, that's the stuff, man. That's cool. I love that. Like this is not a new show by any means, but I'd be remiss if we left the episode and I didn't mention these two names, three names really. Um, Hadestown, which I've seen multiple times now. I, I lucked out and saw it. Haven't seen it. You know, I was supposed to see it. Then then COVID happened COVID. and we never went and saw it. But what Hadestown is supposed to be unbelievable. It is uh, amazing. I mean, like there's no shortage of people on the internet talking about how great it is. I saw it in previews. So I wow. saw the original cast. Um, Amber Gray is like one of the most unique voices. She's no longer with the show. Um, she's she's done a couple of things post, uh, Ava Noblezada who originated the role. Um, actually, I don't know if she originated, but she originated on Broadway. Um, just incredible, incredible performers in that. Um, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's amazing to see a show and then also know, like, it's kind of like a a sports team. Like someone else will have that role years. Yeah. 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 So Hades town one, what are the other two shows? If you're not a New Yorker and you're in town and you're like, you're not a theater person, but you want to see what are are the other two suggestions? Uh, I mean, I love six. I don't know if you've seen six. My wife loved it. I didn't see it. It's supposed to be great. I think it is incredible. Yeah. And then my number three right now, I mean, shocked I, even though i haven't seen it no i guess my it. number three my number it. three would be like what uh, can you get tickets to yeah um and just like surprise yourself with because there are a ton of things like i said off broadway in brooklyn like that you never know what it's going to be like yeah like that bruce that sydney bluestein's window you get to see oscar isaac and he's like bearing his soul and it's like, you know, it's for 40 bucks, 50 bucks in person. You're watching, you know, the other one was, I don't know the name of it, a fan, because it was an Italian, but like Judy Comer is like just a yeah, one woman yeah. show. And you're like, 
gosh, these are the best at their craft and they're doing it. So I don't know. I think there was a stretch where Bam had like Oscar Isaac and then oh. like a month later, James McAvoy. And I mean, just like doing Shakespeare. They had, uh, they had Bobby Cannavale and Rose Byrne together yep. doing something. So anyway, this is the most, um, amazing podcast we've ever done and that we have probably a bunch of listeners who came in to listen to Kirk Cousin contract analysis, didn't get it from our interview with Quasi, And then we're ending with talk about Town and uh, trying out for Glee. Aaron, that's why we do it. I get to know you more and more every single time we do this. Hopefully you respect my bona fides as we talk Broadway. Can I hold my own? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, to the listeners, we love that you're listening. We're going to keep it going throughout the off season. Uh, hopefully guests like this. I thought Quasi was incredible. And uh, to those of you guys who listen, we really appreciate it. And obviously, I'd like to thank everyone. That's what we do on this thing. So Aaron, this this was maybe one of my favorites we've done with you. Uh, Aaron Wong Kaufman, you are such a man of many talents. You are special. Jason English, who is always sitting shotgun and listening from iHeart. Matt Schneider, of course, and his team over there with Jason Kleinman and Meredith Batten and David Jaranka and all the folks back in New York. And then I want to thank Grace Fuse, who has been our editor from day one, is fantastic editing these things together. Uh, and then Jack Rudd, who is our music man. We appreciate it. Guys, it's the season with Peter Schrager. We'll hit you next week. Enjoy your Broadway shows. The Season with Peter Schrager is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. 
This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 